0: You know, two weeks ago, we uh, started talking about believing in God and really more so believing God and how God wants to take us from not just having an intellectual belief, but he wants to move us to believing him. And that means trusting him, having a commitment and actions to follow. And so we want to continue this thought today. As we saw, as Kyle pointed out last week here to us, that God is a good father, And because he's a good father, we can fully place our trust in him. I do want to mention Kyle and Jasmine and several of our college students are in uh, Merced right now. As you know, we are we sent out a, a church planting over to Merced, and so the church is going to officially start here in the fall. But uh, several people from across our LA church and several from Orange County went this week to go and share their faith and be able to work the harvest field of faith so that God can bring many souls to Christ. And so we're excited to hear some of the good news from that experience. But we're going to continue here talking some more about believing God. And so I want us to start off here with this first thought that what is the difference between faith and belief? In fact, let's do this. Why don't you go with the ones to your right and to your left, twos or threes, and answer this question. What do you believe is the difference between faith and belief. I'll give you several minutes. And online, please go ahead and type in the chat, what do you think is the difference between faith and belief? Okay, you both said acting, trusting, and, and testing. What, what, what is that? What's acting? That would be faith. Okay, alright, appreciate that. Others. Okay, yes sir. Okay, belief is intellectual. Faith requires action. Okay, any others? I heard, say that again. Somebody nod their head and said, ooh, so it might be deep. All right, so go, go ahead. What did you say there? Okay, belief is construed as someone's truth, and, tr- and faith is someone's trust. Is that what you said there? Okay, cool. All right, That got some oohs over there. All right, sounds good. All right, we'll go one more. Yes. Okay, all right. Believing is, is that God can do it, and then faith is moving out the way so God can do it. Look at y'all, some preachers up in here. Come on, come grab the mic. All right, here we go. Amen. All right, so here is kind of a little bit of a trick question, all right? And so it's interesting because on the one hand, there is no real difference between faith and belief. Biblically speaking, there is no clear distinction between faith and belief. They're used interchangeably, and we're going to look at the book of John here. And the book of John has the theme of faith throughout the whole letter. However, it's never mentioned once, the word faith. And so it's interchangeable when you're talking about scriptures. And in fact, the word believe, in, in the Greek word in the, the, the New Testament that we have was originally written in Greek. It's this word pisteo. I think that's my, that's my Greek version of saying that. If I butchered it, amen, have mercy on me, you would have butchered it as well, okay? All right. But it means to believe, to trust or entrust Then this word faith is pistis, and that's faithfulness, assurance, or faith, confidence, or what is believed in teaching. And so as we can see here, one is this verb form really of the noun form of it. And so we see, biblically speaking, it's interchangeable throughout. However, our modern-day English usage, the word faith means something different than belief, doesn't it? As many of you have pointed out, there's a difference. There's something that's required. And so often belief for us in our modern usage means to have some form of an intellectual understanding or acceptance of something. However, belief or faith has a deeper meaning. And so let's, let's, let's do this again so we can fully understand what, what's taking place and where we're going. That's Napoleon right there. If I asked you, do you believe in Napoleon what would you say? Okay, I asked you. Okay, Natalie, you said yes, right? What, what, what am I asking with that question? What are you interpreting when I say, do you believe in Napoleon? Did he exist? Is he a real figure, right? And Napoleon, this is Napoleon there, and I just, I just learned this today, that, you know, he gets knocked for being short. But they think that he was actually five six, which was the average height for French people back then. Hey, your boy's 5'6", you know what I'm saying? So I feel a little good about myself, me and Napoleon, you know what I'm saying? Even though I don't know if I should feel good about too many similarities with Napoleon, but you guys get what I'm saying. And so now if I ask you if you believe in Napoleon, you say, yeah, of course I believe in him. I see a picture of him right there, right? But if I ask you this, do you have faith in Napoleon? You shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head No. Never met the guy. That would be very interesting if you told us that you met him. All right. She never met the guy. And you say, well, I, I wouldn't put faith in him. I believe that he existed. I believe that he was this ruler there. They tried to conquer the world there. I believe in that. But I don't put my faith in him to actually do something for me. I'm sure many people in the French uh, empire there at that time put their faith for Napoleon to provide. But nowadays, there's no faith in Napoleon. You guys get what I'm saying. Let's actually do this. Let me have a show of hands here. How do you believe that it's good to have a healthy diet and the exercise? Please raise your hand. If you believe that. Okay. All right. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. No, go ahead and put them down. Okay. Do you actually have a healthy diet and exercise the way you believe? Right? And so, again, I don't want you to put your hands up here because a lot of us are like, oh, I'm feeling insecure, right? So we might believe that having a healthy diet and exercise is good, but we don't have the lifestyle that reflects that so-called belief. And so, yeah, we might, quote-unquote, believe, but we don't really have faith when we're using modern English usage. You guys get what I'm saying here. And so we understand here that faith is something even more. But biblically speaking, it's the same thing. And so we need to understand that because the problem is that when we take our modern English usage of the words faith and belief, we can, and many often do, or some of us used to do this, insert that into the Bible and therefore a problem is created. Because now our theology, our doctrine can be off. Our faith, our belief can actually be incomplete or even false. And so it's important, it's essential that we realize here, again, the importance of what faith and belief biblically are so that we can have that today. So we want to delve more into this so that we can make sure that we have a biblical belief. Because many believe in God, but don't have faith in God. Many can claim to believe in, but have not progressed to believe God. And we want to make sure that we're on this journey from not just believing in, not this intellectual understanding, but to a trust, a commitment, and a lifestyle that reflects this belief. And so here's the main point here today, that believing God, a biblical belief, a biblical faith includes trust, commitment, and action. And you know, two weeks ago, we hit more on this idea of believing God in the trusting component, but today we're going to look more at this commitment level of believing God. Church, are you still with me? Going over to John chapter 20, Again, this is a letter written by one of Jesus' followers and actually one of Jesus' top friends there. You can argue he's one in the top three of Jesus' friends. And he writes this letter about Jesus, and it's really a a biography of Jesus and his his theology and his teaching and and the character and nature of Jesus. And so he writes this letter, and he comes to the conclusion after sharing about how Jesus not only died on the cross, but he rose on the third day and that he appeared and that the tomb was empty, he says this in John chapter 20, verse 30. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Now, we can read this And in fact, many of us have, or many in the world, can read this and again take this modern-day usage of of belief and faith, insert it here, and miss the point. Because you read this and you go, all all, all, all God wants is for me to just believe, just have this intellectual understanding or agreement, and I can have life in his name. But is that what's intended with the word believe? Most of us know the answer to that question. No, is it just believing in some facts? No. So let's even look at Jesus and the interactions in the gospel of John so that we can understand what's meant when he says believe. Church, are you still with me? Let's go to John chapter 6. All right, Jesus, he's running around, he's teaching the people. He's got a big ministry. People are following him. He's trending on Twitter and, and, and Instagram at this time, and he's following People are following him, and it's big, it's blowing up. And he starts preaching and teaching some things that really threw people off. He's like, I'm the bread of life, and if you want life, spiritually speaking, then, then you need to consume me. And people are like, what? This is crazy. I don't know if I want to be around this. And so he takes it up in verse 60. It says, on hearing it, many of his disciples, now this is important, many of his what? So these were his followers. So what's the safe assumption? Did they believe in Jesus at this time? Yes, they wouldn't have followed him if they didn't. It says many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his what? disciples were grumbling about this. See, some people think that grumbling only happens in the church now. Grumbling happened even in Jesus' ministry. So if you're grumbling now, you shouldn't feel good about yourself and say, yep, see, look, they've always been grumbling. But it should show you that even Jesus' ministry wasn't perfect. And there's always some people uh, grumbling and complaining. You guys get what I'm saying. But let's go on. It says, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. Huh. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to the Father unless the Father, well, no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Let's stop right there. You know, the 12 here, they they don't have just this intellectual belief. They have this biblical, this, this God belief and faith, and we see it laid out here in the scriptures. He goes on there and it he says, hey, look, we have come to believe. This is Peter. We have come to believe and to know. Now, think about that. If you just hear that, you know automatically there's more to this word believe because he adds the word to know. You guys get what I'm saying? Hey, I believe and know that, that, that uh, uh, Kelsey is a good singer. That's redundant. What do you mean you believe and you know? Right? It, it wouldn't make much sense. And so what he's saying is, look, there's more to this word believe than what, how we use it in our modern day vernacular. It's not the same thing. This knowing is this understanding, this agreement, this acknowledgement, this intellectual belief or this conviction. That Jesus is the Holy One of God. But then this belief part is more along the lines of the word trust. And so you can actually read it like this. We have come to trust and know that you are the Holy One of God. Now that's different, isn't it? Hey, I I don't just believe that you are. I trust. I'm putting my trust in you. I trust the words that you're saying. I trust the promises. I trust your teaching. I just don't agree with it. I'm trusting it. Therefore, I'm stepping out. I might be allowing God to move. I might have an action to go with it. And we also see, most of all, this commitment. It says here, first off, he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You see, Peter and the apostles, the 12 there, they had left their lifestyle. They had left their businesses. They had left what they were doing before. And now at this point, they have been following Jesus, going around from town to town, preaching and teaching the good news. And so they left and they've been following and their lives have been changed. And they're now living according to this kingdom of God standard that Jesus has been going around teaching. And so they're saying, look, we got to remind you, hey, we're committed to you. Lord, to whom shall we go? We've been with you. We've committed our lives to this cause that you are leading. And so we see this belief, this biblical belief, this biblical faith, where there's trust and there's a commitment and there's a lifestyle that follows. And so let's continue over in John chapter 8. To the Jews who had believed him. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, let's ask a question. According to Jesus, is simple believing enough? No, because he's talking to all the people in the pews. And he says, if you hold to my teaching, then you're really my disciples. So what has he done? He's put a line drawn in the sand to say, we're going to separate those who claim to believe and those who really believe me. And here's the test. Are you holding to my teachings? Because if you're not holding to my teachings, then you're really not my disciples, which means you really don't believe. Your faith is either incomplete or it's false. But it's not the faith and belief that God is calling us to have. And so we see here that belief to Jesus is more than knowledge or acceptance of facts. But if you really believe, then it means it will make a difference in your life. First off, you will trust God's word and promises. Second, it will lead to now a commitment to Jesus and this whole living under his reign and rule, which some call kingdom living. And then third, it will lead to actions that go with that commitment. And as we can see here, there's no real belief without commitments. In fact, let's just go ahead and and, and really slam home this point here. Over in James chapter 2, this is the brother of Jesus. And he says, hey, you believe there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. And so is belief in intellectually, is that enough? James says, no, because guess what, guys? The demons, they have greater belief than you about God. So that you don't need to commend yourself just by saying, well, I believe in the Lord. He says, even the demons believe that. He goes, that's yeah, that's just part of it. But there's more to this idea of truly believing God. Church, are you with me? And so a belief or a knowledge or even an experience doesn't mean we have salvation. A simple belief or a simple conviction or a simple experience doesn't mean that we have a right relationship with God. This should call us to shudder. This should call us to examine and evaluate, to be honest with ourselves and go, whoa, 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 whoa what, what else is needed? What do what, what I need? What, 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 God help me then to know the truth so that I can walk in your truth. And so we go back to John chapter 20 and verse 30 and 31. And now as we read this, that we understand that a simple belief, that's, that's just the very starting point. That's like when I wanted to get married, the person had to be alive. That's just the starting point. But just because you're alive doesn't mean I wasn't going to marry you. Do you get what I'm saying? Hopefully that's your standard as well. They're alive. There we go. That's the very starting point. But as we can see, there's more. To biblical believing God. It's trust, it's commitment, and it's action. Again, we're talking about the commitment part. What type of commitment then? Karina, about two weeks ago, no, it was, it was leading up to two weeks ago. So it was last month sometime or earlier in the month. She says, I, I, I'm going to try out this fast. Uh, to, to, to I'm going to try some things out. I'm going to do this fast and there's no meat and all this stuff. Marcel, can you join me in this? And she knows I'm, I'm a carnivore. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm straight up all meat all day. Okay? Now I do eat vegetables, but, but I need vegetables with some meat. And so the good husband that I am, Emily, the good husband that I am, I say, yes, I will join you. But about 90%. I said, girl, I know in those next 10 days there's going to be a couple meals. I'm not going to eat some carrot juice. You know what I'm saying? We're eating twigs and grass and stuff like that. I'm like, man, this is not enough. It was celery juice in the morning. About like 32 ounces of celery juice. I was like, this is terrible. I was literally playing Rocky theme music in the morning to drink that juice. I of the tiger. I, trust me, you can ask my kids. They'll verify. Yeah, Pops is crazy. That's what he was doing. But I, she committed to it. She said, I, this is what I'm going to do. And I said, I'm going to commit 90% of myself. Some of us think this commitment to God is like that. I'll commit most of myself. I'll commit a lot of myself. I'll commit more than what I think other people commit. But subconsciously we say, but I won't commit at all. And so we have this commitment that doesn't reflect true biblical belief and faith. And so the faith that God is teaching us, the faith that God is walking us and having us a journey on, is that we have a biblical faith and belief that has whole commitments. So believing God is a wholehearted commitment. That's what God is calling us to. And I know many of us know this. But why is this important, Marcel? Why did God put this message on your heart for us today? First one reason, I believe, is that many in the world, they don't know this. And we are called to help. Many in the world don't know this. They don't know that you're really supposed to believe God, which means a wholehearted commitment. And so many people have a false theology or adhering to false doctrine that just believing Jesus is the Son of God is enough. I know that's what I thought for years. I grew up going to church and I thought I was fine. I thought, hey, why have? They keep talking about this faith thing, this belief. I'm convinced Jesus is the Son of God, so I'm okay. And I thought, yes, I'm a Christian. However, I had less than 90% commitment to my so-called faith. I was knee deep And everything that was contrary to Jesus, his teachings, and his example. But yet I would pray to God. Yet I would be in the back, in the last pew uh, of the church building. And I I would say, yes, I believe in God. And I would pray every night and pray before before I went to bed or pray before I ate. And I thought, I'm fine because I believe. And by the grace of God, God sent some people in my life, just like Stephen was sharing, sent some people in my life to show me the truth that hey, you claim to be a follower of Jesus, but here's what Jesus taught. And by the grace of God, I was able to make a true commitment 21 years ago. And I thank God for having those people share the truth and calling me to it. But I wonder how many more of your classmates, your coworkers, your neighbors are in the same spot that I was in? How many people at your job are in that spot thinking that they're okay knowing that they have less than a wholehearted commitment? How many of your classmates, how many of your family members, how many of the people on your street do you believe, understand that true believing God is a wholehearted commitment? Who's going to love them enough to tell them? Who's it going to be? God is calling you and me. To be the ones to share this good news. You know, many of us have forgotten that people are lost or that people have a false or incomplete faith and that God wants to reach them through you. We understand, but we forget or, or we get numb or we allow so many distractions in this world to, 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 to block our efforts to share and love them with the truth. Again, I'm so grateful that they did this for me, because if not, then I wouldn't be here preaching. If not, I wouldn't have the wife and the family that I have. And, And God has been able to use and do some things through our lives here to have an impact. But if it wasn't for those people to say, Marcel, here's what a wholehearted commitment looks like, it would all be gone. You know, I'm so grateful. We had our friends and family night, you know, the other night. And this is an intentional time in which we, we, we as, a, as a church, decide, let's go out and let's bring our friends and family to a place where we can have a fun time and, and discuss God's word and, and allow God's word to penetrate and have an opportunity to plant water seeds of faith. Man, we should be so excited when we have this. Man, I get a chance with my brothers and sisters across the whole North O.C. church to, to share my faith and bring them in to see my family. This should be joyful. We should have so many people because we know, man, people don't know, and I'm so grateful that they showed me, and I have the treasures that I have. How dare I, I, I can never just hold on to that treasure and not share it with others. I'm compelled to share this so that they can experience the glory of God the way I'm experiencing it in my life. Church, are you with me? Again, I think the second reason... Is that we're talking about this. Why is this important? Is because even some in here have started to slip from this conviction and starting to believe that just believing is enough. You know, some in here are deceived in our relationship with God. And we're deceived because we think, well, I had a past conviction. I had past experiences. Or I know the right doctrine about how to be saved. I know a lot of people got that off, but I know the right doctrine on how to be saved. And so, but some of us have loosened up our commitment to Christ. We used to be wholehearted, but now we're most hearted. We're almost wholehearted. We're not trusting Jesus with our future. We're not trusting that if we follow his plans, that is best. We're not committed to growing in our relationship with Jesus or becoming more like him. Other things are more important now. Getting help and helping others grow spiritually, that's secondary to my job, my school. The pleasure and the desires for wealth or for fun, those things are priority. And we don't say this out loud, but our lifestyle reflects this. And I believe Jesus is saying the same thing to us. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I believe God is calling us to remember again, look, faith without deeds is dead. Good you believe in the right doctrine. So do the other demons. They know what's true as well, and they're trying to stop it. And so we need to make sure that our faith, our belief is a wholehearted commitment. And so the call of the hour is to believe God, to believe again, to put our trust and commitment to Jesus. Make a decision today that Jesus will be Lord of my life. I'm going to submit to his example and his teachings. I'm going to live for his glory and not the things of this world. I'm going to put him first, Matthew 6, I'm going to deny myself and carry my cross, Jesus said in Luke chapter 9. I'm going to prioritize when the body of Christ meets together, whether it's Sunday, midweek, or in family groups, or it's time to strengthen each other spiritually. I'm going to commit to that, Hebrews 10, 25. I'm going to share the good news with those, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I'm going to make a decision to believe God. Let me ask you this. What could happen if we all believe God. I'm not talking about, again, believing in God. What would happen if we all had a wholehearted commitment? What could happen? Let's go ahead. Let's let's, let's, let's think out loud here. What could happen if we all here had a wholehearted commitment to Christ? Let's get some sharing. What do you think? What could happen? More people converted to Christ. There'll be more joy and happiness. I I think that's what you said there. Okay, cool. Appreciate it. Others, what do you think? Yes, sir. He said he would see more rivers of life uh, swelling up there, and there's more more love and more care and tenderness even in our relationships with one another. Okay, appreciate that. Others, what could happen if we all had a wholehearted commitment to Christ? More sacrifice, giving other time, energy, and resources. Yes, we'd be more united as a family there. Okay, awesome, awesome, great. Any more, what could happen if we all had a wholehearted commitment to Christ. Yes. Thank you. you said there'd be more help and concern for those who are hurting. Is that? Okay. Okay. If we're all wholehearted, we'd be able to see clearly when those who are struggling spiritually, because uh, obviously it's not the norm. Okay, great. All right. One more. Yes. There would be less sin getting a hold of us, right? And we all know sin drags us away from God here. Now, there's a number of things that could, come, that could happen. But let me ask you this. What will happen if you don't have a wholehearted commitment? Not not everybody else, but what will happen in your life if you don't have a wholehearted commitment? We can start to think through how our lives are going to change, how our faith is going to crumble, and what it will lead not only in this world, but also for the life to come. And so that's a sobering thought, but this is why this needs to be important and essential that we make a decision today. That this just isn't some good food to hear. This isn't just some, oh, well, that was entertaining. But this starts to penetrate to developing a decision moving forward in our lives. Brothers and sisters, are you with me here? And so I want to call us to some action steps here this week. First off, examine. Does my faith and my commitment to Christ, do they match up? Do they match up? If not, why not? What What is the root issues? What are those things preventing this wholehearted commitment? And then second after we do that is to extend. What do I mean by this is to reach out for help. We obviously want to go to God in prayer. But two, we also want to connect with someone and get some help. And I know we have some people here. I want to encourage you. You say, "I, I don't know much about all of this. I'd encourage you to study the Bible so that you can get the necessary help to see what a commitment to Christ looks like. But for others, it's getting ideas and healthy accountability on the decision to recommit. And it's also extending ourselves to helping others to examine where their faith is so that they, too, can extend and reach out to God. Again, imagine the good that will come personally and all around you with a wholehearted commitment. As we close here, God is taking us from believing in him to believing Him. And believing Him means trust, wholehearted commitment, and action. And we close out in John chapter 20 and 30 through 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. May we all have a wholehearted commitment as we believe God. Amen.